Welcome to Imperfect Momming. Our children are constantly looking to us for examples. The term role model doesn't quite cut it here. We are shaping their worldview with every move we make. You see, it's not in the lectures we give or moments where we are actively attempting to teach them. It's in the micro movements we make, the unconscious ways in which we navigate life. We are constantly teaching our children how to show up for themselves, their friends, their future partners, and even their future children. So what can we do to ensure we are raising thoughtful, compassionate, self-aware human beings? We have to become them ourselves. No one is perfect, but we can still all be better, and it starts with self-healing. Let's get to it. Welcome back to Imperfect Momming, and we have a very special guest today, Stephanie Fernandez. Welcome to Imperfect Momming. Hi, Alicia. Thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome. And uh, you are from Denmark, you said. Yeah, I, I'm not originally from Denmark. I live here with my family. I'm originally from Austria. But okay. It's, yeah. Very cool. I think I think that you are my first um, guest from Austria slash Denmark. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Um, yeah, I'm a mom of two small kids. They are five and three. I'm married um, to a Portuguese guy and we live here as an expert couple. And I work as a parenting coach and a rapid transformational therapy practitioner, which is a very fancy term for hypnotherapist. And I'm also a hypnobirthing teacher. So in general, I help moms just feel better with, and it's really much in alignment with your podcast, with their imperfections. We don't strive for perfectionism. We just strive to feel better. And that's what I help with. I love, I love that. And I have a friend that's um, becoming licensed in from, she lives in Canada in hypnotherapy. So, oh, nice. and she's, there, there's a live event that's only three hours south of me that she's going to come to and we'll get to meet in person for the first time. <laughs> oh, wow. So special. <laughs> it's very, it's very cool. Like this, you know, my lately I've been thinking like, I don't have a whole lot of local friends anymore. Like all of my friends are somewhere else because of podcasts and coaching and um, so all of the close connections that I have are, are not in my area. <laughs> yes. I can relate so much with that. And, and I often think my world has opened up so much, but at the same time, also, it got a bit smaller in my local area here. I have a few mom friends and a very few friends from childhood, but then when you move around, it's more difficult. But then I have so many friends from all over the world, like, and I really feel connected to them. Yeah. It's a very, it's a very weird thing thinking that you have, you know, this really strong connection to people that you've literally never physically been in the same space with. It's, it's kind of surreal. Yeah. I know. <clears throat> so um, what are some of the things that, um, that you help moms uh, accept about themselves, the imperfections? Um, I think a lot of the times we, especially in this new generation of being a mom, we are trying, you know, to do things differently than 
we experienced when we were small and a lot of the times it's um, a struggle with old belief patterns and new knowledge so it's the theory of knowing how we should actually do things like being collaborative with the kids talking to them in a you know soft voice not be too harsh and that can easily lead to like I compare this always with um, like a hard drive of a computer you mm -hmm. have the hard drive and that is running the software from decades 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 of belief systems and conditioning and then you hear this you want to you hear these new concepts and you want to install the new software of conscious parenting gentle parenting positive parenting respectful parenting all that stuff and it goes like i was not made for this i don't know how to run this software what's going on and then we think we're failing because it's so hard and then we think I'm not made for this. I cannot do this. My kids don't respond to this. I don't know how to talk differently. I, I don't see results. Very, very um, typical. Because we have these huge expectations and we get so defeated with ourselves thinking, this is working for other people. For people who have a lot of help, more money, um, not like my kids, because my kids are brats. <laughs> They're not listening. This works for moms who have great jobs or stay at home. Like we always compare ourselves with others and we think we're failing. So yeah. I, I really help moms see you're not failing. The fact that you are aware, the fact that you are trying and are more, you know, um, even the critical part that you bring is good. Like you are being, you know, you see it. You, you don't have to be perfect. It's okay. Yeah. I, I love the analogy because I think that everyone, like the brain seems very complicated to understand. You know, mm -hmm. there's, there's subconsciouses, there's habits, there's, you know, all of these different things. And it feels it, the neuroplasticity, right? We just found out yeah. within what, in the last 20 years, I think that we can change our brain. And before that, we thought that everything was, I know. um, that, set that once stone. you're set in stone, that you're, you turn a certain age and you're done. Like, this is it. You can't change anymore. Could you imagine if that was true? Oh, that would be awful. I know. <laughs> but we don't, so we're still learning things about the brain, but yeah. we understand computers. Most of us understand <laughs> computers a lot more. Um, I don't even know about most of us. I understand computers sometimes more than the brain. Um, I am very fascinated by how our brains work and how, you know, we can change things. And, and, um, but the, everybody I think knows about the hard drive of a computer and the hard drive is where things are stored and, and we can, you know, we can put a new program onto our computer and we can uninstall a program from the computer, but you may or may not know that when you uninstall a program, it little pieces of it gets our stay behind. Yeah. Right. And I think even if you completely wipe the hard drive, there's still going to be remnants of mm -hmm. old of old programs. They don't really work anymore. 
but they might be there and they might be slowing things down. They might be, you know, messing things up a little bit and running in the background, operating in the background. Right. And that's how our programming works that Mm -hmm. we will always have access. Even if we've tried something new and we've retrained thoughts, this is uh, something that I, we talked about on a episode a couple of months ago where, um, you know, I was talking about how, when I was a kid, the example that I learned from my dad, when it came to driving was we have road rage. That was what I learned is that when people are driving and they cut you off, that makes you mad. That's something I learned. Right. So then I've done some reprogramming where I didn't want to have road rage when, and I decided this when my son was born. And so I worked very hard on not having road rage. And then while I was pregnant and I wasn't operating, you know, my, my body wasn't at neutral. (laughs) My body was elevated. I was elevated. I was in pain and all these kinds of things. And somebody stole my parking spot because it was mine. You know, I decided that that was my spot. It was very much my spot, but (laughs) I was waiting first and somebody came in and swooped in and stole it. Uh, But that made me really mad. And because I wasn't at neutral and I had all these other factors weighing in, I went back to old programming of I'm going to be mad, right? I had, I've worked and my son is going to be 11 years old in two days. And I've worked on that for 11 years where I really don't get mad as much in traffic, but I had, boy, do I have access to those old patterns. Yeah. You were touching on a very important um, point, which is even though we think we have healed, but there is something about being pregnant and becoming a mom that just throws us off the bus. And we think, what the hell is happening here? I thought I've dealt with this. Why am I not like in control? Why can I not respond and react the way that I used to? And that makes us, you know, we 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 are afraid of ourselves. We think like, who am I all of a no. sudden? I thought I've dealt with this. Especially when it's things like, like rage, which, you know, I can imagine being a kid in a car with an adult who, who is very in, enraged and, and very angry. That's not a very comfortable situation to be in. And then being kind of regressed back to this situation, because that's what it all is about. These emotions, they bring us back to when we experience them as a child. And that makes us afraid again, maybe not anymore afraid of your dad or the situation, but of yourself and you think I'm not am I like turning out like my parents is this really what is happening and I see that a lot of the times um, that this transition into motherhood these hormonal imbalances that are just natural they trigger something in us that is not fully healed mm. and I'm starting to believe maybe we cannot heal everything maybe mm. we have to give more grace to ourselves that this is just what we came here with. I mean, there's things we cannot control, things that happened when we were five, when we were 10. And just accept, yeah, 
sometimes I get mad, but now I have the tools to repair. Now I have the tools to, you know, get introspective and look at like, what is this really? And next time, maybe it's not that intense anymore, but yeah. yeah. And, you know, it may, I, I think I agree with you that we can't a hundred percent heal the thing, but we can continually make progress yeah. on yeah. the thing and we can continually strive to heal it. Yeah. And, you know, I, and I, I love that what honestly what I've been working on healing in myself I see my son imitating me because you know I was I was more of a yelling mom than I am now mm-hmm. um I would say that I do it maybe a 10 percent of what I used to so there's definitely progress and yeah. we have to acknowledge the progress in order to keep going <laughs> Exactly. Because some, some of the healing, it, it doesn't always feel good. It's that, you know, we, mm. we, especially in the United States, I know it's this way around the world, but I have, I've only ever lived here. Um, so we're very much not taught how to deal with our emotions. We're taught to stuff them. Mm. And um, when you stuff your emotions, you know, it's, it's like, it's literally like, I have, you know, a balloon that I'm putting air in Mm -hmm. and the emotion is the air and the balloon is my body. Mm -hmm. And when you continually put the emotion into your body and you keep blowing that air into the balloon, there's only so much space in that, that that balloon can hold. Mm -hmm until it explodes and we've all been there we've all exploded but when you're con when you're continuing continuing to you know put the air in and it just goes right out the other side it'll never explode because it doesn't have the the opportunity Exactly. It doesn't have that power anymore. But that is often we feel so afraid of feeling it. We literally think I'm going to pass out or Mm -hmm. I have a panic attack. I cannot hold this. My body cannot hold this emotion. We literally feel like this visceral overwhelm in the body. Not only that, you know, the, the thoughts is one thing, but when you feel physically overwhelmed with your emotions, you don't feel safe and that makes it really hard to have that balloon with you know where the air just gets out and emotions are like clouds they come and go they just do but we have never learned that yeah especially with what you mentioned before you know with the old belief and an idea that you are a certain way oh you are so dramatic you are overreacting you're so sensitive and when you hear that as a child, especially as a girl, you feel there's something wrong with me. I cannot feel this, but I feel, I don't feel well, but I am not safe to feel this in this house, in this home with these people. So you stuff it in. And then all of a sudden, of course you have emotions because cohabitating with a new child is 
tough until I don't know a lifetime probably I mean my right. half, half are free, but we are still figuring it out and if I don't feel safe with my own emotions and I, this is something that I'm learning um, and still learning okay. to just be safe and I tell myself you're safe you're safe just because he's having a tantrum has nothing to do with you you're safe and then I tell him you're safe buddy you can do it it will pass. I'm here. I'm, and he doesn't know that I'm saying this for him as much as I do for me. Yeah, <laughs> oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah. 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 When, um, when I learned the concept of um, connect before you correct, mm -hmm. and I learned that in um, No Drama Discipline by Dr. Dan Siegel, yeah. um, which I mentioned this episode, like on every episode. Um, you know, I started with asking my son whenever, anytime he was activated, that's what I call his, when he's in an emotional state, I call it act, when he's activated. So he's upset for something. And the first thing that I do is I ask him, does he want a hug? Because that is his, that's his love language is physical touch. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it might be quality time, but I think it's physical touch. Cause when I asked him, how do you feel? I think it's a little bit of both. Um, when I asked him, how do you feel the most loved by me? What do I do that makes you feel the most loved? He would say snuggling. Mm -hmm. And so I, I would just ask him when he was activated, do you, do you want to hug? And nine times out of 10, he would say yes. And I, and I was in amazed at how that would not only calm him down, but it calmed me down. Cause how can you be mad when, how can you get upset when, when your child is hugging you? Like, I, I don't know how to access yeah. upset emotions. Mm -hmm. Um, and what's beautiful is that when he does make me mad and he knows that he's made me mad, he'll ask me if I want to hug. <laughs> That, you know, that is co-regulation at its best. Mm -hmm. Not only you lending your nervous system, but he is doing the same. Mm -hmm. What a, an amazing thing. Yeah. I mean, that's, imagine the grown-up man he will be. I can, yeah. I mean, oh. I know I'm just imagining his wife being upset and he just says, honey, do you yeah. need a hug? Or yeah. would you like a hug? Yeah. Um, <laughs> And this morning when he was getting dressed, I learned that, um, I, uh, I'm, I didn't get triggered <laughs> when he asked me, he, so he has jeans and then he has comfy pants mm -hmm. and he doesn't like to wear his jeans ever, <laughs> ever. He only likes comfy pants. Um, but I don't always have all of the comfy pants like he'll go through all the comfy pants I try to I for the most part I'm on top of the laundry um I got out of the habit for a while while I was uh, on bed rest and and I wasn't allowed to do the housework and so I wasn't doing it so I got out of the habit of doing it um so this morning he was like mom do we have any comfy pants and I said well I think there's some either in the dryer or there's some somewhere. 
Um, I, there's a basket. I was like, oh, there's a basket on top of the dryer that needs to be fold, folded. And so we dug through the basket and he said, um, he said, I don't know if you do laundry every day, mom, but I shouldn't be running out of comfy pants or something like that. <laughs> and a year ago, maybe two or three, that would have been a very triggering comment that would have said to me, you're not doing a good enough job. You're not taking care of my needs. It would have been an accusation of some kind. Yeah. But now it was like, you know, I, 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 I don't do laundry every day, you know, and when I do, you have clothes or, you know, it's like you still, whether I do laundry every day or not, you have clothes to wear. Yeah. Yeah. I have designed our life <laughs> so that I don't have to do laundry every day in order for you to have clean clothes. But what you are able here to do is actually really, it's revolutionary in a lot of homes, is that you don't take his needs personal and that you don't have to run around meeting his needs. He has a right to love more his comfy pants than his jeans. That's his right. That's fine. Sometimes there are just no comfy pants because it's the end of the week or, you know, sometimes we don't do laundry on the weekend and then he also doesn't have his comfy pants. It's the same. We have the same kid in the house. He just doesn't like his jeans. Yeah. <laughs> Which is fine. But sometimes I just don't, I just don't manage to, to wash all his comfy pants. And I say, sorry, buddy. I, I just didn't manage. That's it. Mm -hmm. And yes, you have something else to wear, but you have a right to feel upset for something that you would like to have. And mm -hmm. for kids, especially when they are not in control over things, like he, kids don't get that concept or all this housework that an adult has to do. They just don't, they just see that, oh, it's, it's that hard to do laundry. I mean, it's just my pants, you know? They think it's just like my pants. I just need my things, mommy. You don't need to do all the other things. <laughs> But, but that triggers us when we feel like we are not, as, as you said, we're not good enough or we are already exhausted and like running in the hamster wheel. And then you didn't do this one thing and that is falling back on me, like on my worth as a mom. And that's a trigger that is actually very a very nice thing to look at and to think, what is it actually? Get curious. What is it that is so bothering me about this five-year-old who is talking about this uh, pants mm -hmm. situation. It's just a kid. I have access to emotion right now of what you're describing, like mm -hmm. feeling I'm not good enough, feeling, um, you know, I'm failing as a mom. Like I have access to those emotions mm -hmm. I could touch, I could touch them right now. If I, if I wanted to cry on my podcast, I, yeah. I, I got it. I'm, I'm there. I could be there in a second. Yeah. It doesn't go away. Yeah. Yeah. Indefinitely. But that's not how I feel about myself. Now I know that I'm taking care of his needs. I know that he'd prefer comfy pants. I know he's not going to go to school. I know he's not going to go naked to school because no. he has other options. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's, it, it's a really hard place to be in. 
when you feel like you're failing. And you said some very key things that when you're feeling overwhelmed by all of the stuff, and then you add the, I'm not good enough on top of this. I mean, there's a lot of pressure put on women to do everything and to be everything to everyone. There's so much pressure, but we do have a choice of whether we accept the pressure. Yeah, we can say I'm, it's not my job to do all of it. In fact, the other day, my boyfriend was leaving the house and we have, I've talked about this on the podcast before, but we have, we had a discussion when we moved in together of who's going to do what around the house. Mm -hmm. And he likes the, the weekly chores. And I like the daily chores. I like things that I like a routine and all that. And he likes to have one day where he knocks out all the, all the stuff. And, um, on Monday, I think he was walking out of the house and he said, you know, honey, if you want to leave some of the laundry for me to do, please, please leave me some of the laundry for me to do because I left you a gigantic mess in the kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) And I laughed. My only response was laughing because I was like, I don't actually have to leave you laundry to do. There will be plenty. (laughs) (laughs) Whether I do all the laundry today or not, there will be more. I don't have to leave it for you. And it made me laugh because... He kind of always leaves a, you know, makes a disaster in the kitchen. He doesn't always leave it for me, but he always makes a disaster in the kitchen. So it was, I didn't even respond. I just laughed. Yeah. And I was like, I wonder if I need to, to explain my laughter (laughs) (laughs) because it was just funny to me. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I brought that up. You said something. Oh, that it's like, it's not all, it helps that it's not all on me, you know, that that when we have those kinds of conversations with our, with our partner, and, and if you decide that it's all on you, that you can also ask for help. You can also renegotiate the terms of, of your life and your relationship. Anyway. (laughs) Yeah. And I love how aware you are about this and have this open communication with your partner, because that is often, we don't do that often because we are operating from our own expectations or we see reality through our own lens of with our own experience and we think you should see the mess like why don't you see it why don't you just pick up the garbage from the car don't you see how full the garbage in the kitchen is like why don't instead of just saying look can you please bring out garbage and if the mental load of constantly thinking and delegating is too much, then do like what you do, like divide the chores and it's clear, write it down and see, look, it's, it's way too much for me. And if I look at the whole list, it's impossible to do it. Like it would be, it's a full-time job and I have another job and I, like, I cannot do this. Yeah. And, and communication is so key in, in, a, in a family, not only with your kid, but also with your partner. Mm -hmm. And it brings just so much calmness. Just the fact of, you know, communicating that 
takes out the pressure, the resentment, the anger, the, the disappointment. If when you bring light into these things that are so hard, like all of a sudden it just feels more doable. And that's already a, a big help. So it's amazing that you do this. Yeah. Now we were just talking this morning about um, how we've both made some changes recently in in our lives that have made our relationship stronger mm. but what we haven't worked on the relationship we've worked on ourselves so i made changes in myself and i've been working on myself and he's made changes to for himself and he's been working on the internal but what we both realized was that working on ourselves was making our relationship better and our relationship was phenomenal to begin with because we've always been doing that we've always been growing but we just like noticed it because we made some pretty huge changes that are obvious to each other mm -hmm. and to ourselves it's mm -hmm. been kind of a cool experience yeah yeah, yeah. and that is that is such a it has such a ripple effect mm -hmm. you know on on I would say on everything like when I work with clients but I also just didn't I, I saw that in myself so I had my my therapy I started my therapy when my son was born and I was just a hot like I was a mess I postpartum was like the toughest it was so raw and I was not aware of all the trauma that I carried and I never even considered therapy until I had my son. And the stuff that came up was like mind boggling to me that these are, are these the things that, that bother me? Why I cannot connect with my son? Why I cannot enjoy this? Why I'm so hard on myself? I healed from that partly. There was a lot of inner child work and all of a sudden I could show up at work much differently than I did before. I was not like hiding, avoiding, procrastinating anymore. I was there. Like I was able to be present. I had a voice all of a sudden. Like I could stand up in meetings and say, look, my opinion is this. Or I could tell my boss, I cannot stay over hours today because I have to pick up my son and my husband cannot come. Before that, I would go like, oh, God, how do I say that I cannot stay long today? How am I going to communicate? I, I, I literally, like what I mentioned before, I literally thought I'm going to pass out just by having this conversation. Um, so when we heal, even though we think, okay, I'm healing or I'm going into therapy because I have relationship issues. No, no, it it has an effect on all areas of our lives. How we show up for like with our own parents, with our siblings, with our kids, boss, like ourselves. It's it's an it's an entire attitude of how to face life. So yeah. It's it's so incredible. Like we don't realize the ripple effect that happens when you work on yourself. And like you said, you go in for one reason and you realize that it it comes out in different areas. And you know, because I I got into coaching. I hired my first coach because I wanted to 
do better in my direct sales business. I wanted to reach goals in my direct sales business. And I don't think that I ever talked about my business maybe four or five times. It was all my, I mean, my coach was brilliant at, at just finding the, the things, right? Like the, the area, like she just poke at me, (laughs) you know, they're just skilled at that. Um, But it's, it got to a point where it was like everything in my life was so much better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So much better. And um, like, I'm struggling for words because it's, it's hard to even ex- uh, explain un- mm-hmm. unless you've been, unless you've been through it. Yeah. Whether you, well, whether you've been through it or not, it's, it's hard to explain. So you understand what I'm talking about because you've been through it. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so if you're listening and you haven't and you haven't hired a coach or gone to therapy, like you just can't fathom until mm-hmm. you do it. Yes, yes. It's really that what you are not aware of, you cannot change. And when you have someone that helps you see, that changes everything. That changes everything. And you were lucky that you found a coach that you can trust and she exactly knew where to poke to, you know, get those, release those knots that help you with your business, but also with yourself. Like that is the yeah. most beautiful thing. It, Yeah. It's great. Is there a piece of advice that you want to share with moms? <clears throat> um. You know, yeah, I, I've been thinking about that and there's so much advice out there in, in the parenting world. And I always find it very difficult because one advice might not work for you or you feel I've tried that. Everyone says that doesn't work. But there is one thing that I think we talk way too little about. And that's just food for thought. When you are on a conscious parenting journey, or gentle parenting, and you just want to do things differently. It is not only about your kid. It is about how you show up for yourself. How much love can you give yourself? How much forgiveness do you have for yourself? How much grace do you have for yourself? When you start cultivating a a sense of self-love, like I'm I'm a great mom. I'm a great person. I am good enough. That takes off so much pressure and your child will feel that. That is the softness that you can practice with yourself and your child will feel it. And that makes it easier to show up in softness with your kid. Like what you said before, you know, connect before you correct. If you are harsh with yourself, it's very difficult to be soft and kind with the little three-year-old who for the third time in the morning spills the damn milk you know (laughs) it's just harder so when you can if the only advice i can give is if you can look at all these new parenting concepts of conscious and gentle parenting 
start being more gentle with yourself and more conscious with the thoughts you have and how you talk to yourself. What is your opinion about yourself, actually? I don't know a single person that doesn't need to hear what you just said. Um, <laughs> and it's so, so true. And you can start by imagining, imagining your child learning to walk. When, when your son or daughter starts walking, they stand up, their legs are all wobbly and they take a step and they fall down. And what do we do with those ch children when they fall down? We go, oh my gosh, you took a step. That's so amazing. Good job. Keep Do it again. Do it again. Right. What do we do when we make a mistake? How stupid are you? What you should have known better. Like that's what we do to ourselves. We don't, we would, could you imagine if we did that to a one-year-old who was trying to walk for the first time, do you think they would try again? Yeah. Like, no. and we wonder why we've given up on things. Yeah. You know, it, let, I, I could, that could be a whole topic. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to stop. <laughs> is there, yeah. is there a book that's been instrumental in your personal development journey? The first book that it was an audiobook and it's um, like a worldwide bestseller. It's The Conscious Parent by Dr. Shefali. Mm. And I was listening to the audiobook <clears throat> while I was walking my crying infant in the park in the first weeks and months after he was born. And that where I heard for the first time someone talking about the ego. And that it's not me. Mm. It's that what someone else thought of me, I should be. It's that in that conditioning. Is that really my authentic self? Mm. Can I show up for my kids authentically when I have that ego constantly talking to me like, you should do better. Why is he crying? He's not stopping to cry. You cannot make your child stop crying. He's not drinking enough. He's not sleeping through the night. Um, you are alone here, uh, living in a country without family. Like, what the hell were you even thinking? That was all my ego talking and a lot of the trauma. And that just the concept of, I have like different parts in me. <laughs> it's not just you are like this. This is you, the lump of things, the lump of experiences, and you cannot do anything about it. That was so, that was so liberating. Mm. Like, yes, I have all these parts and depending on my daily condition or depending on how the night was, depending on my hormone level, just depending on how things are, it doesn't, it's not the same every day these parts show up stronger than other times. And, mm. um, and that's what I've, I've never, I, I've never forgotten the feeling of liberation and really awakening during listening to that. So that was instrumental. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I'll have to check that out. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love the, the description of, 
of what the ego is exactly because you hear if you're in this world and and learning about the mind and yourself and you've heard the term of the ego but you might not exactly know what that means but that I love the, that definition where can our listeners find you I hang out mostly on uh, Facebook so Stephanie Fernandez <clears throat> you can find me there and then I'm also on Instagram Stephanie Fernandez and I have a website um, I have a lot of free stuff for parents I just gave a master class on how to deal with anger yesterday that you can free watch for free um, there's a lot of workbooks and I have also just paid courses for parents and uh, stuff that I do as a therapist to heal to just be, feel better just be better because you can and I, I truly believe we can yeah I love that and your website is is also your name or is it yeah it's stephaniefernandez.com yeah well, thank you so much for being here as our guest and pouring into our listeners and um, telling, telling us all about what you do. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks. And there will be another episode of Imperfect Momming for you all next week. And until then, keep healing. Bye, guys. Thank you for tuning in to Imperfect Momming. It's time for us to step up and realize that our power is not in trying to shape our children. Our power lies in shaping ourselves into the people we want our children to model themselves after. Don't just do it for your kids. Do it for yourself. When you become a more self-aware, compassionate, and confident person, you and everyone around you benefit. For more information about me and my work, visit alishalyons.com. That's A-L-Y-S-I-A. L-Y-O-N-S dot com. See you next time.